0: Hello and welcome to The Housing Platform, a podcast brought to you by Platform Housing Group. I'm Chrissy Yates, Communications Business Partner, and this podcast is in support of the national campaign 16 Days of Activism Against Gender-Based Violence. This national campaign raises awareness of violence against women globally and how agencies and organisations can all invest in prevention. Just to give you an idea, here are some facts and figures to get started. More than five women or girls are killed every hour by someone in their family. In 2021, nearly one in five women aged 20 to 24 were married before turning 18. And one in three women have been subjected to violence at least once in their lifetime. Here with me is Kath Dawson, Safeguarding and Domestic Abuse Manager for Platform, and Karen, Locality's Operations Manager for the Witham area. That covers East Ridings, Lincolnshire, Nottinghamshire, Rutland and Cambridgeshire. Here at Platform, we not only have teams of people who help in both the support of women suffering domestic abuse and survivors, but we also have survivors working for us, and one of those is Karen. Today, we're going to hear from Karen and her experience of domestic abuse.
1: So, so I mean, this is going back quite some time now, so um, I won't tell you how many years have passed, but I was I was around 21 years when I started a relationship with with my ex-partner um i had been traveling around america i've done camp america i traveled around after that and i came back and i met this handsome charming guy um and all together we were together for about seven years on and off um with lots of ups and downs and it started off very he's a very charming person um started off what you would probably class as love bombing now in hindsight but we didn't have that language or vernacular back in those days um so pretty pretty normal relationship um quite intense to start with um but gradually over the course of the time lots of microaggressions controlling behavior um what, looking back once i'd escaped a situation lots of things around uh, you know accusations who I've been talking to, where I've been going, starting to control my behaviours, how much contact I've had with family and friends. Um, but it was really subtle, really, really subtle. And the good old gaslighting tricks. So, you know, persuading myself that, that I'd done the things wrong. So much so that, you know, my relationship, I was walking on eggshells quite a lot of the time. So it wasn't bad all the time. And obviously um, there were lots of good times. The abuse was mainly emotional to start with and and that sort of like controlling behaviour. There were some financial elements. Um, This person wasn't particularly good with money and he would often lose his jobs because of his temper. Um, So, you know, I ended up guarantoring loans and all sorts of things there that got me into a pickle for quite a while. Um, But gradually it moved into physical and sexual violence as well um which i probably won't talk on the sexual violence today um but yeah it started off with those things around comments about my appearance what i looked like who i should talk like just generally chipping away at my self-confidence and self-esteem you know calling me names about how i looked and you know how unattractive was and how nobody else would want me you know all that slight things about where you just sort of that emotional and psychological warfare Mm. um through my relationship with him, I did make a, have some really good relationships with his family. His dad had remarried, and he had three um, half siblings who, to this day, are still really good friends with me, and I'm godparent to their children. So, yeah, there was lots of positives that came out of it. Um, but we didn't we didn't live in the same cities. We lived quite a long away from each other, which I think helped in some ways. But I did also didn't live near my family. And I had a very small family Any, in any case. Um, so the first time that there was a significant, I would say, physical attack, um, it, it, that was quite shocking. There had, there had been small things, there had been shoves and kicks and the odd thing, like slaps and things like that. But this was a pretty sustained physical attack. I was living in a shared house and I um, terrified the people who uh, I was living with. It It led to him. Me asking him to leave the house, and he, and then he, he'd had a drink, and he got stopped by the police. So yeah. So then I got the phone calls abusing me. It's your fault that I've done this. Um, but gradually, you know, as does happen in cycles of abuse, you know, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. I'll get counselling. We got back together. Um, I subsequently moved to another city because I'd got my first manager's job. Um, so I'm still in my. 24 25 now so i would move. i was moving to sheffield and again i wasn't moving with him uh, so i was still living a uh, significant way away from him but he used to come and visit and there was usually it was, were usually unpleasant visits um, where you know he would comment on my lifestyle. Um, he, he wouldn't want me going out with friends. I was still quite young. I was partying in those days. So I was going out clubbing and everything. He didn't he didn't like that very much because because he, he was losing his control over me. Yeah. Um, and again, I was living in a shared house. I was sharing with four uh, lads. The night that there was a really significant attack on me in that particular house. Um, everybody was terrified nobody came out of their rooms there was significant damage onto the property as well um but the very next day we were going to a uh, airport to pick up a friend um a a mutual friend and I remember driving I'm bleeding most of the attacks would would be not visible but Mm. he'd actually pulled he dragged me down the stairs we pulled all my hair out so I was Partially bald on one side for and for six months actually, but I was able to put my hair over the top of it. But I remember just being physically shaking and just in shock and like not knowing what to do on this treadmill. I'm to pick someone up. Um, so, so that was the second what I would call the significant attack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and again, gradually things went back to normal. I'll I'll change. I won't do it again. Um, and then he persuaded me to move to lincoln when i changed jobs again in another couple of years he's persuaded me to move in with him and um, the second night that we'd moved in was the third and final serious attack um which ended up with me being hostage in the house for about five hours with a sustained attack Um pretty graphic he strangled me unconscious with a telephone wire and um, it had escalated to that point where i had serious physical injuries as a result of that night yeah. um I didn't think I was going to survive that night in all honesty and he was indicating that I wouldn't as well I mean so much so he swallowed the key so I couldn't escape the house oh, um, but and, and then at just one point I was I just remember being in the corner just going out curled up um mm. he, he just went you need to leave now get out now because you will die if you don't get out now so oh, I left with what I was wearing um and I fled. This was in the middle of the night. Yeah. So I'm in a city that I'd just moved to. Mm. Uh, only people I knew <laughs> were his family or miles away. This is before mobile phones as well. Yes. Um, or before common use of mo- mobile phones. Um, yeah. So I ended up going to his dad and stepmom's house um, in the middle of the night Turned up there, you know, in the mess that I was. And they supported me to get um, some medical attention, etc. cetera. Um, in the meantime, he destroyed all of my possessions. Um, yeah. But, you know, in the yeah. long run, that wasn't too bad. But, um, yeah, that that was that was and that was the end. And that was I was able then to get um, yeah, not, out yeah. and not, not go back. To not go back. It, did, didn't, it didn't it didn't end because he stalked me and harassed me for must have been 12 months at that point. I used to get bricks from my windows, uh, my car smashed, He'd turn up where I was and um, uh, uh, attack me. I'd like to say that I got a lot of support in those days, but the police were not interested. Even when he was breaking down my door, the police would say, Well, it's just a domestic. Um, I'm glad to say that things have moved on significantly yeah. since So the then. only
0: support that you were getting were from actually from his family at yes. the time. Yes. Because for that twenty-five years ago. I yeah. don't think the support was in place as much as it is as it is now. Is what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. I mean, and, and and looking at my options that night, I could have potentially got gone to a refuge. Obviously, I was aware of there were things like refuges, but you know, I was yeah. a single woman, and I had the, the means probably to be able to to go and sofa surf or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Correct. police the police were were not supportive at all. But. For following on from that I myself through the medical attention I got sought out the local women's service and I did go um and spend some time there you know uh, right. as part of the period of me um yeah. moving from it moving on, on.
0: so it was a medical service profession that actually pointed you in the right direction in the end
1: yeah I, I, because obviously I was I was significantly injured I was um you know I'd burst eardrums my ribs were broken i a broken wrist uh you know i the, I can't say whatever it is that they say. Well, you've got your, or your blood vessels are bursting in your eyes. Got broken cheekbone. I was, yes. uh, I was bitten. I was kicked. I, I was black and blue, um okay. and I just remember the doctor looking at me and going, "What has happened?" <laughs> you know, it, yeah. just absolute shock. Um, yeah. And yeah, and that that was the stepping up point. And it and it's mad because I was I, because of the background of work that I was in. I kind of knew about, <laughs> about the cycles of abuse and you know some of my good friends were working in domestic abuse services but I didn't reach out to them at that time. No um, and, and was was that
0: why, why why, did you feel that
1: you didn't reach out to them did you feel that you couldn't, couldn't reach be? out? To them because... I felt ashamed I was embarrassed um for you know for a long while you were so believing that you've done something wrong yourself that you've deserved yeah. it I, I can't even begin to describe how Mm. that's taken out I'm a strong resilient person <laughs> you yeah. know yeah, mm-hmm. relatively self-confident but actually that yeah. stripped away all my self-esteem and my ability to be able to see see it clearly I suppose yes um, yes it's only yeah. with hindsight looking back you can see you know yeah yeah exactly why but so. yeah it was the, it was it was I was I was ashamed I was embarrassed I, I didn't share it with my parents no. probably a good job because my mum probably would have battered him back.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so you got so you moved on eventually yes which you managed to do which is yeah. a brilliant news karen but now you and and that's obviously spurred you on to uh, go through your life um in different roles supporting yeah um girls and ladies of different ages uh of of, of abused and survivors of, of domestic yeah. abuse um and you obviously now work in a support role where you still work mm-hmm. now with some victims and survivors mm-hmm. and with partner agencies Yes, a lot more partner agencies now around like we were yes. saying to help than they were um a long time ago um do you think your previous experience from what happened to you with your previous partner you think that has helped how you support
1: customers now absolutely and I, and I think um I think in what whether it's mental health whatever it might be I think if you've got lived experience your experiences are not going to be the same as anybody else but it does give you insight in, into the impact that it, that it can have not just physically you know the the longer lasting emotional impact of it yes. so from there I, I've I um, very specifically decided to work with women's services. So yeah. subsequently, I have run women's refuges. I've run um, IDVA services. Um, so whilst I don't do a very specialist role now, yeah. um, well, many of our customers will experience domestic abuse. And yeah. I'm a, a domestic abuse champion as part of Platforms Offer. Yes. And I think that was really important to, to stand up and be part of that. So that's what I've tried to do. I've tried to harness my experiences and turn them into positive because I will not allow it to impact my life further. And no. That's a conscious decision I made yeah. when I got out going, this, this, I will not live this again.
0: No, and that's brilliant. Uh, that's a really good attitude to have because, uh, you know, a lot of times from the significant injuries you had, um and the experience you had it would have been easier just to hide away um, and not make a comeback like you have done so
1: that sounds yeah and, really- and and to people who are predators and I, and i do believe yeah. abusers are predators in in many cases do look for people who have vulnerabilities and do exploit yes. those which is yeah. why people often are reabused in in ongoing yeah. relationships yeah. um And it's trying to understand that and understanding the perspective from some of our customers, why they are in positions that they find it really difficult to escape from because it's become the norm for them.
0: Exactly. And someone like you that's lived through that, you can help those customers. You can spot the signs and see what's going to happen before it actually does. So you can step in and put in the relevant support that's needed. So that's really good. I think we're very lucky to have you here at Platform, Karen. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. No thank you very much for sharing okay. all of that that's been very useful um I should think for a lot of people that will be listening to this now um and I know um within that you touched on um domestic abuse champions that we have here yes. at platform um so now if we go to Kath Kath Dawson um our domestic abuse and safeguarding manager here hi kath morning hello um so as a housing association what is it that we do with regards to domestic abuse
2: um well like a lot of organizations we now we've got specialist domestic abuse policies and procedures in place um for our customers um as karen touched upon um one of our offers now is we've got domestic abuse champions so they are um members of um well members of staff who are willing to support any other colleagues who may be experiencing domestic abuse and want to reach out um, and want to speak to someone and they're there to offer a lot of advice and guidance and support. And obviously, we're very lucky. Karen is one of our uh, um, domestic abuse champions. Yeah, we've also recently um, drafted um, some new guidance for um, our colleagues who may be experiencing domestic abuse we're a really really big organisation and you know there will be um, sadly many colleagues who are experiencing abusive relationships so we've drafted this guidance Um, we've shared it with people with lived experience because we're really really keen to get to get the voice of the survivor because like Mm -hmm. Karen said her experience is unique to to her and I'll as an organisation we want to make sure that we get it right and that you know that the offer we give you know is is where it needs to be um yeah. we're constantly looking to enhance our services and you know I completely accept you know there is always room for us to improve um and there's always room for us to learn um yeah. our services you know you know every single case of we deal with of domestic abuse is unique they tend to be very complicated um there are a huge amount of complexities um there can be children like you know there can be a huge amount of things and so therefore it's a constant cycle of learning and obviously we take a lot of learning from every case we deal with and you know i'm really keen on looking back on how we've um, dealt with things And, you know, looking at lessons learned, you know, what did we do really well? Can we replicate that in the future? Where perhaps have we got some learning and where can we improve our services? Because, you know, housing management, domestic abuse is a constant cycle of learning. and it's really important that we you know that we accept that and we know that we've got you know constantly we're constantly evolving we're growing as an organization yeah. So it's really and, key that we learn from what we're doing yeah and and as you're touching on that now that
1: is
0: in fact that the message of this year's uh campaign is to invest to prevent violence against women and girls so you you've touched on that really well there there um cath um and and we're linking with this campaign so how do we link with this campaign what what is it that we're doing during
2: these 16 days um Um, you know sorry yeah well i mean we always link in with the 16 days of action so we will have a program of um awareness raising um we will will send out posts internally on certain um sort of areas of domestic abuse so it highlights for our colleagues um you know different support organizations that are out there some that you know some that they may be really familiar with but there may be some more that are very specialist and um and they're maybe not so um, aware of so we try and get all of that message out and make make people aware of all the services that are out there um I mean this year we're delighted we've got refuge coming in and they're going to do a talk on technology facilitated abuse um yeah. you know I've been lucky enough to attend this session in the past and it is You know, it's it's fascinating and a terrifying subject. And I think our colleagues will find it enlightening, to be quite honest. And it will make many people a lot more cautious and sort of self-aware of their own like Mm
1: -hmm. relationship
2: with technology and Mm -hmm. how and how easy it is um, for um, potential, you know, people who choose to abuse how they can use technology in order to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean back in the day when, when uh when Karen was talking about it, there probably wasn't all that technology about right. then. Um and like which is what you know, now there's so much of it, it's just another form, another method that they can use
1: um with with the abuse. Um, and it's pervasive. The the technology is I love technology. It's frightening how it can be used. Once you've heard the talk, and I recommend people do log on to that session um because it's really useful for you personally even if you're not experiencing abuse um you can protect your children except all, all sorts of yeah you know, implications yeah.
0: friends family children yeah. you it's just useful for for yeah. a lot of people isn't it yeah I mean I mean you touched on about um training there uh Kath and I know that um we and you obviously said we are a massive organization here but a lot of staff across our business uh, are trained to spot the signs and know how to to report it um so that we can help them get the, the support that they need both for for a professional point of view but for a, a victim point of view as well um, so you've mentioned refuge i know there's other places like women's aid hourglass um, so do you work with those organizations cath to to try and help our customers if that's
2: the need well, I mean, it as an organization and even from I mean from having done like, you know, frontline sort of housing management and dealing with cases of domestic abuse myself previously, um, you know, it's not a job you can do on your own. You know, no one organization can do this single handedly. Yeah. And, you know, it's really important our approach is to be, you know, they you know, they you know, we have a coordinated approach with our partner agencies. And it's really key that, you know, we make we make contacts with those specialist domestic abuse partners that can provide that really key, really specialist support to those people that really need it. Um, and, you know, we we we're. we're promote partnership work in here and it's you know it's about us working as 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 part of a group with people so that you know we can we can share the information we know you know we all have a piece of the jigsaw puzzle about people's lives and we get all those organizations in together so we can support people in the best way that we can thanks
0: to our guests and thank you for listening remember there's more on our website at www.platformhg.com